Hello and welcome to the episode, another episode of Bros 3 Podcast for November 10th, 2019. And how you doing, fam? I say, how are you doing? Um, still working on our audio capable. Okay, that's gunshots. Somebody rolled down the street. Okay. Well, since we're still trying to work on um, our audio capabilities here, and honestly, I stressed out so much about the the song to choose because a lot of y'all really like the um the glass night song i didn't know how to follow that up so decided just to jump into this one um i guess the question is uh where are your brothers i say where are your brothers uh good question fair question uh brother number two is i don't know the gunshots kind of threw me off <laughs> let's just get to the episode i love y'all fam be safe All right, so the previous show was a random thoughts episode. I have a lot of random thoughts. I can't necessarily do anything with them. I mean, they don't fit into a whole segment, and I can't fit them in naturally into the conversation of the show. So last episode, I decided to take a couple of those thoughts and just kind of expound upon them, for better or for worse. Um, I had so much fun doing it. I have so many random thoughts. I figured I'd try another episode. And if it don't work, you know, that's fine. I'll just store those other ones away, and we we can change the format again. Again, nothing is, is written in stone, you know. Everything's bound to change. Everything. If you're not changing, then you're dead. If you're not evolving or making mistakes, you know, then then you, you're idle. You're stagnant. That's not, a good play. that's not a good way to be. So, I had this thought. I was watching... Um, I was watching a show about famous dead people's burial sites. Or let's say the deceased final resting place. Man, that sounds so much better. Um, yeah, so on the, on the show, they were they were showing where this famous writer is being laid to rest here. Um, this famous singer is found located in a in a crypt in Louisiana. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And one brother, I think it's what, John Morrison, one of those singers from, you know, 1960s, 1970s, influential singer. He had a he had a, a tombstone, and people go there yearly to visit, and they leave different things on this person's tombstone. But my thing is this. These tombstones are in the middle of a cemetery. And there are, there's thousands of other people buried right next to this famous person. And I was just thinking, like, how bad would it suck to be buried next to, I don't know, um, Elvis Presley, right? So you're buried next to Elvis Presley, uh, and you just Tommy Johnson. Tommy Johnson laying right next to Elvis Presley, right? So every day... You got guided tours walking by, uh, maybe some golf cart or some some little dude with with a polo shirt walking by, like. And here we have the final resting place of Elvis Presley, the godfather of contemporary music, the first superstar known to be uh, controversial with his swinging hips and gyrations that drove the girls crazy. You might know him from such hits as "You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog" 
and blue suede shoes. And uh, it's cold in the ghetto. And everybody like, oh, my God, honey, it's really the restroom place of Elvis. You know, and everybody taking pictures. And, you know, and they have tours, what, every two hours. You know, same speech every two hours. And you just Tommy Johnson. You laying there, don't nobody come visit you. You know, like, I don't know. I would feel, I would have hate and animosity in my heart. I'd be in my little grave off Tommy Johnson. I'd be like, man, F. Elvis, Elvis Presley. You know, F him. F him. And then every now and then, and then if your family, if the Johnsons do decide to come see uh, Tommy, you know, R.I.P. Tommy, they got to sit there and they walk over there, got squeezed through all these people wearing blue suede shoes and uh, Elvis jumpsuit, Elvis wig. You got people just doing the leg shake all around little Tommy Johnson. And you're trying to give your loved one, Tommy Johnson, the update going on in your life. You sitting there like, hey, Tommy, it's been a long time, man. Uh, man, you know, every day is a little bit better, but still hard, man. I can't believe you went out like that. And then you see some punk kid come up with his little polo shirt. And here we have the resting place of Elvis Presley, the, the father of God. And then, like, you know, people come by bumping you and stuff. Like, hey, would you please give me a little time with my dad, Tommy Johnson? You know, I would, it would just, be, I would, had a, that would be a very uncomfortable final resting place for me. As I was just finishing up the, the previous segment, I had another thought. Okay, so you're a regular Joe and you're buried next to someone who's super duper famous. We, we're popular. Famous, you know, yeah, somebody who's who's had a lasting impression, right? And you can get upset because they live a different type of life, right? But here's the flip side. So you're just a German dude. You, you're just dead. You're dead German dude. You lived to be 40, you know, worked at the steel mill or something. Uneventful life. You had a couple kids, you know, had maybe one or two failed marriages, and you died from maybe cirrhosis of the liver. Not no fault of yours or something. Just you didn't do what you could have did to live your best life, right? But you had the unfortunate uh, luck of being buried next to like somebody like Anne Frank, right? So now you, you know. Goonton, whatever I said your name was, you in the ground, and like every two hours, you got people coming by to see the final resting place of Anne Frank. And every two hours, they're coming through. People mournful, or people looking for hope and humanity. And some German tour guide comes by and say, and here we have the resting place of Anne Frank, taken tragically uh, two weeks before World War Two was end it appropriately uh, and even her diary has become a bestseller giving hope and inspiration to millions of people around the world and you got like people coming by aspiring authors and they it's silent it's very silent people walking by people still crying German people say it was wrong the way it happened you know and and um, you got young girls the same age as nine and you probably got their great great grandfather who was Survive World War Two, taking them to go see the gravesite, and like the grandfather telling the young nine-year-old girl, like, "Don't ever be silent and let this happen again." You know, all kind of hope and inspiration. They walking by with candles, 
but it's windy, so the candles keep blowing out. But they're determined. They won't go quietly into that good night, just how that little Anne Frank did. And what are you? you just sitting there like, man, I, I had kids. I, well, you German, so I had the kids and did not even go see them. And I missed the play that they were in. And I drank. And I messed around. And, you know what I'm saying? Now that, that right there has to be like the definition of hell. In a sense. Now, I know everybody's going to be like, oh, jeez, you know, Tony talking about, you know, passing away, he must be depressed. No, I'm not. It's just a random thought I had. I decided to put it in the show. It's a random thought show. But, you know, speaking on that, okay, so depending on what you believe, and I'm not saying nothing's right, nothing's wrong. Depending on what you believe, if you're a Christian, and if you believe in a rapture, you believe that you're going to be on earth. And in the twinkling of an eye, God's going to come back like a thief in the night and claim his church, right? Uh, you will be raptured up into heaven, ascended into the clouds to be with your heavenly father. And all your earthly belongings will be just shed here on the ground, like just left, right? So you're going to be at work one day, right? And you are a beacon of light at your job site. You know, you got people smoking, drinking, fornicating, everything, but not you. You let God, you let your Christianity speak for itself. You don't judge, you know, but you, you there. You there to provide for your family, but at the same time, spread the word of God. And everybody just look at you as a crazy gospel person. Oh, you just, you a Jesus freak or something like that, right? Okay, cool. So one day, you're going to work, and uh, your boss, he's going to be in a bad mood. He's going to be like, you got them reports done. You're going to take a deep breath, and before you answer anger, you're going to say no, but I have him on your desk shortly. And then your boss, because he's an evil man, he's going to say, you know what, and hurry up. He's going to throw a cuss word in the GD. I ain't playing with you. And he's going to walk off, and he's he going to turn back and say, give me and bring me a cup of coffee. And when he turn back in that twinkling, boom, you're going to get raptured. You're going to be the one. One day you hear baby, and the next you're gone. Send it into heaven, right? But the thing is, if you left him on earth, you know, after after the initial shock, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. Oh, look at it! Did they did they spontaneously combust? No, the clothes ain't burnt. Oh my goodness, what happened to you? Right. So if you were sending you on Earth and getting tortured by demons and stuff, you know the wonderment of everybody disappearing is gonna kind of kind of wear away, and you're going to like somebody's going to go through these clothes. You know, but the thing is, when you get ascended, supposedly. Just your body, your body's leaving. So, like, if you had a hearing aid, that's going to be left there. You had contacts in your eyes, boom, that's going to be left in a pile of clothes. Now, somebody's going to go through these clothes and be like, oh, snap, like, here's a hearing aid. Whoa, uh, here's a here's a titanium hip bone, fem femoral artery. Was, whoa, look at these. Like, this, I didn't know that they had uh, breast implants. Like, they're going to be just laying there, right? And then, like, you know, Eventually, people are going to be looking like, oh, I, I didn't know Miss Johnson, uh, she was holy, but so was her drawers. Like, what's really going on? Her bloomers, because these are Jesus drawers, so you ain't wearing the sexy thongs or nothing. Uh, her bloomers had big old holy drawers in them. Or Deacon Pastor, uh, he didn't wipe so good, because he don't wear the sexy boy drawers either. He got on Jesus boxes. 
Oh, his boxes got a whole. They got a whole road to Galilee going right down the Hershey Highway. He didn't. He didn't wipe very. He was a Christian, but he was not very sanitary. So a couple months ago, uh, a young person I'm very close to, a uh, young man, started growing his hair, and you know. He's a person I talk to kind of regularly, and I, I feel like I'm kind of in their life enough to ask questions. So I was like, oh, I see you growing your hair. And he said, yeah. I said, uh, you plan on growing dreadlocks? And he looked at me for a second but didn't say anything. I said, what's what's the problem? He said, oh, well, you call them dreadlocks, and they're not called lock, dreadlocks anymore. They're just called locks. And I said, oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend. But then I got defensive. I was like, now, wait a minute now. You know, back in my day, we called them dreadlocks. And he kind of explained to me, you know, the term dread is seen as, you know, I guess offensive or derogatory. I say, well, I understand that. I, I do. But you got to realize that's not, that's how old people used to say, that's not the bag I'm coming out of. You know, I'm using the term for what I remember them being called. You know, so I forgive me if I offended. That was not my intent, but that was um, that wasn't done on purpose. Was not trying to offend. But then I started looking at like things. Okay, like things don't necessarily always history and knowledge are not always good or kind to our previous past. Perfect example: the old school Warner Warner Brothers cartoons, right now. When those came out, you know, we were in the middle of World War II and, you know, Jim Crow was kind of still a thing. So, like, those cartoons had that kind of humor in it. I mean, now, you know, it seems offensive. But back then, they were really trying to make kids laugh or just make something funny. It was... Time is not always kind to comedy. Like, I love Eddie Murphy, but some of his jokes and raw and delirious can be seen as, you know, offensive. But take things in the time frame in which they that was not the intent. The intent was to laugh, make someone, you know, give them some kind of enjoyment in some way. Like even, okay, last night, perfect example, I went to karaoke, and one of the people went up on stage and sung 1980s Aerosmith's jam, Dude Looks Like a Lady, Right? So, and my man, he was tearing it up. I mean, he was screaming, and he, he went hard. But in the audience, uh, the reception was kind of, everybody was looking at each other like, oh, well, this is 2020. And, you know, non-gender binary roles are a thing. I'm not trying to make fun of them. It's just what it is. And the song, the dude uh, who wrote the song, he said he wrote it because he was he went to go talk to a person he thought was a woman come to find out what to do the song the title is just exactly what a dude looks like a lady now not to offend he 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 dressed in a in a in a way also you know but he wrote the song the thing is like in the audience there were people who kind of looked at each other and it was kind of like taking it back i i mean look these the world is ever changing i put it like that but we 
have to be able to we have to be able to look at offensive things and judge the true intention of it. That's all I'm saying. And carry on with your life. You do what you want to. Um, yeah. And now it's time for the BTP News. Your home for uninformed news. Don't nobody bring me no I would not bring you no bad news. All good news. No bad news. No bad news. Facebook buddies. On Instagram buddies. At bros 3 Pie. Show no. Mm. No bad news. No bad news. No bad news. Don't you bring me. Uh-huh. So don't nobody bring me no bad news. All right, so the premise is real simple. Welcome, up first and foremost, welcome to the BTP News. The premise is real simple. I find headlines that make me laugh. Nah, I don't do no investigative reporting, nothing like that. I just read the headline and make the story up as I go. And here we go. All right. Our next story is Spanish police arrest drug trafficker who saved their lives in high-speed boat chase. <laughs> All right, fam, I'm going to tell you, to me, to me, and maybe, maybe I ain't, look, if I save your life, okay, so there we go, Enrique and Pablo Escobar, they on the boat, and they got the Miami music, Miami Vice music playing. And they got their little um, 80s, like, uh, Miami Vice windbreakers on. <clears throat> Pastel shirts, gold chains, some cool little glasses, man. Some boat shoes. And they running drugs up and down uh, coast, uh, the Gulf of Mexico, right? They got speed boats or whatever, and they living in life, man. Matter of fact, they got two, three uh, people, women on, on the boats with little bikinis and stuff. And they listen to that. They doing blow. Uh, that's another word for cocaine. They doing blow off the steering wheel, man. They all they're like, we, we're going to live forever. Oh, jeez. That's my phone. All right. So they on the boat doing cocaine. They're like, we're going to live forever, man. Yeah, Simone, right? They all that on the boat, whatever. And then I guess the Mexican Coast Guard. I know our Coast Guard patrol the, the border, uh, the the waterways so i'm assuming the mexico people they got you know mexico people the mexican police they got boats too so they boat ain't as fancy or ain't as fast right and they ain't got no girls it's got like four five officers but they delicate they dedicated they diligent they work right so they get behind the speed boat right and i guess they hit the lights like you gotta have some kind of way to pull over a boat i don't know where you pull over to but maybe just you know like i don't know how you say a vast mateys in Spanish, because I'm, I gotta board your boat, right? Hey, Simon, we're coming across the boat, man. It's a little racist. I'm, I apologize. That it was ignorant more than racist. So anyway, so anyway, they speeding, right? And you know the Miami's vice boys, the basketball boys, like, oh man, the police, man. So they start throwing dope over the water, right? And the police like, stop throwing dope over the water. Like, don't throw the dope in the water. Leave the dope in the boat so we can catch you with it. But they can't really hear each other over the. 
Oh, the, the, the roaring of the engine. So he got his little megaphone. Like, hey, man, stop throwing the dough over the boat now. Ain't nobody playing with you. Right, they lost their accents because now they're upset. When you get upset, you lose accents. Right? So Enrique, the police officer, Ramirez, he jumped over to try to grab some dope. And like, Ramirez, no. I think I had a stroke just then. Ramirez, no. He jumps to grab a kilo of dope, right? And then as you sitting there thinking about dope, when he get wet, he starts soaking in your clothes. And it's all up in his uniform and stuff. He's like, oh, oh, snap, I made a bad mistake. And he started getting high, right? So anyway. They leave Ramirez. You know, Ramirez was a rookie. He, he, he'd be all right. He swim. Matter of fact, he got so much coke in his system, he swims back to the shore. So Ramirez is fine. So they keep on, you know, chasing the police. Uh, the police keep chasing uh, the Miami Vice boys. And uh, uh, let's see. Oh, they hit a rock. Yeah. Okay. They hit a rock. And all the, all the cops fall off the boat. And the Miami Vice boys, the girls, they screaming. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, boy, is Tito. What's going on? Like, so then the Miami Vice boys are like, you know what, man? Let's turn back around, man. Let's go save them. They turn their boat back around. They grab all the officers and put them on the boat. And they shivering. The cops are shivering and stuff. They got blankets. And the bikini girls, they uh, they keeping the cops warm. They got that little body heat. And I, whenever I say body heat, I always got to say body heat. What's that? Body heat, right? So as officers shivering, whatever, they were like, thank you. Gracias. And the Miami Vice boys like, hey, man, it's cool, man. We're going to go ahead and drop y'all off uh, at the show where your officer Ramirez are doing jump jacks and push-ups. And uh, we're going to keep on pushing, man, right? No harm, no foul. And they was like, yeah, that sounds good because they're shaking. Like, yeah, that sounds good. They take them to the shore and they look back. They, you know, they put like a plank down so... I know they don't have planks, but they put a plank, a piece of wood down so the officers can walk down. And they were like, hey, the Miami baseball is like, hey, we ain't so different after all, are we? And the cop went to go shake his hand like, no, nah, I guess not. And he shook his little hand. And when he shook his hand, he slapped the cuff on him like, get your ass off that boat. You're going to jail. That was dirty business, though, man. They saved their lives. So you really should let them go, in my opinion. All right, so our first story is... South Carolina boy, aged 11, drives 200 miles by himself to live with a stranger he met on Snapchat. Okay, fam. Check this out. Um, We live in an age now. When you don't stop by, like I got friends. If you don't tell me you coming by, you ain't coming in. Outcast got a song called I'll Call Before I Come. I won't just pop up over out the blue. Ooh. No, after you. That's the way the chorus goes. That is something that most people kind of live their lives by. I have seen people pull up in front of my house. Uh, I look out the blinds, and until you say I'm outside, okay, cool. Then I'm coming outside. Like I'm no, you. That's it's just it's a decorum there. Okay, so now there's some questions here. This boy's from South Carolina, and he's 11, right? Okay, maybe we'll, we'll give him some slack because it's, you know, rural area of South Carolina, maybe. Maybe he drives a truck, uh, you know, around the dirt roads and stuff. So, he you know, he's country. He's 11, but he can drive. Okay, fair enough. But this is the thing, people. My man drives 200 miles by himself. Okay, so 200 miles. Let's do some little math here. 60 miles an hour, 200 miles. That's uh, three hours roughly. 
That's a good little trip. You know, depending on where you go, you might have to stop get you a cup of coffee. My thing is this. Where's little boy get this gas money from? What, did he plan his little trip? Uh, he cutting lawns and stuff. He gonna, and who you going to see on... Uh, okay, you met somebody online. And see, that's what the thing. There's You got you got the reality and you got the matrix. I call it in there the matrix because you can be whatever you want to be, whoever you want to be. You want to be an avatar, uh, half woman, half goat. That's all you. You got that. My thing is this. When you fall in love with somebody over there, the little boy ain't never seen the show Catfish. Okay, so you're 11 years old, and you seen a Snapchat picture. And I'm assuming you got to see the person, because I, I don't know if Snapchat has text, right? So the little boy, 11, he like, man, I love you. And the little girl, I'm assuming it's a little girl. It says stranger, though. So let's just say little girl. I hope it wasn't no grown man. Because they got these filters now. Just real quick. They got these filters where you could be a dude, and you could put the filter on, and you could be a woman. You can sit there and Snapchat somebody as a woman. That's catfishing on a whole new level. Okay, that's besides the point. Okay, so little boy falls in love. Skip it. No, it's a man. Little boy falls in love with a grown man. Well, the man 18. All right? But he got the filter on. He looks like, you know, 18-year-old girl named Amber. Something like that. All right? Little boy, you know, he like, man, I sure do love you. And he like, well, I love you too. And he's like, I really, I, I, I'm aching to see you. Because yeah, he's from South Carolina, they got an accent. I sure would love to see you. And he was like, well, I would too, boo-boo. But, you know, unfortunately, we live so far away. And, you know, the little boy like, well, I remedy that. I'll see you in two shakes of a lamb's tail. And he's like, okay, LOL, BRB, whatever. The little boy jumps in the pickup truck and he driving. He burned that midnight oil. Well, it's three hours, but still. Burn that midnight oil. Pop up at the door. And they probably got the location because, you know, when you send a snap, it tell you where you stay at. So, he, you know, little 18-year-old boy inadvertently gave away the address. So, um, little 11-year-old boy hike up his little overalls because he's a farm boy. Walks up to this house and knock on the door. And uh, Brett opened the door. Hey, what, what, hey, little man, what you selling? Girl Scout cookies or something? What you what you, what you doing out, out my door? The little boy like, I'm here to see uh, the lady from the, from the looky box in my pocket. And you're like, oh, you mean the the uh, the phone? Like, yeah, that's it. The one with the ghost pictures that automatically disappears. Like, oh, you, you mean the Snapchat? I'm like, okay. Uh, but you didn't call before you come. And uh, Ashley, uh, the girl, is not a person. And his little heart is 11 years old. Dude, okay. Think about this. When you've had your heart broken, right? Let's say you and your person, like you're an adult, so you're more older than 11, hopefully. You drive somewhere and you about to have a date with a girl or something and she tells you we need to talk. Or you're getting ready to go see that person. They call you and break your heart. Like, it's crazy because now you got to drive back. You are a totally different person from when you got in that car. You was full of hope, ambition, a little romantic endeavor maybe. Three hours and you get to, you know, Indianapolis and then the girl tell you like, yeah, I'm breaking up with you. Or some dude answered the door and you got to get back in your car and drive three more hours back. Now imagine being 11. Hmm. That's a hard That's a hard road to plow right there. Alright, so one of my listeners brought this, uh, an idea to me. And it intrigued me. So we're going to try it. Okay. So the idea is this. They say, you know, you do the BTP news. And I enjoy that. But sometimes I'm kind of curious how close you were to the actual story. You think maybe like once you do your take on the news, maybe you should... 
I don't know. Read the actual news story and see how close you were. Now, this intrigued me. So we're going to give it a go. I, I'd i love to hear your feedback on it. All right. All right. So let me see. I'm going to have to use my phone to find this article. All right. So if you hear some ticking and stuff, please, you know, just be cool for one second. All right. So the story is lady poisoned by her own friend after she was promoted at work. Okay. This is how it goes down in my brain. Okay. So let's see. You got to have two friends. You got to have two friends. Let's say Ashley and Ebony. All right. Okay. So Ashley, she, she been at the job uh, a good little minute. She's been at the job for a good little minute and she's like the unofficial boss, you know, she, you know, you, you got your boss, but you ask Ashley, how do we do some things? You know, the boss asks Ashley how things need to be handled. And, um, you know, Ebony, she can't keep a job. Ebony, she, you know, she wanted people call in late, call in sick. Ain't even been there for 90 days, you know, but, you know, Ludacris got a concert. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's how old I am. Ludacris don't even do music no more. He, do. Chance the Rapper, Lil Uzivert, one of them little, you know, little young boys, they got a concert. And she didn't got her tax return from the last job. So she didn't say it up. She bought these tickets. She got an outfit. Yeah, no matter. She's still in training at the new job. She going to the concert, right? Okay, cool. So Ebony comes to Ashley. Ebony says, yo, I lost another job. Ashley, can you put a good word in for me at your job? Right? Ashley, she know Ebony. She's a good person, but she ain't a great worker. But Ashley agrees. Ashley said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Now, girl, don't mess up my name because I got a good reputation in my job. Ebony, like, girl, ain't nobody going to mess up your reputation. Okay, fair enough. Ashley takes it because she's a go-getter. Ashley said, you know what? Matter of fact, to make sure you get on work on time, I'm going to take it. We're going to carpool, girl. You're going to get yourself together. And she was like, Ebony was like, okay, cool. I'll give you some money on gas. Because they're friends like that, you know? So, um, three months go by, you know, for the first time in Ebony's life, she's been on time. The job's been going good. Um, and Ashley proud of her girl. She's like, okay, girl, you can drive yourself to work now. Ebony actually made it out of the 90-day training period. I mean, I'm proud of Ebony, too. You know, a girl, do you, boo-boo. I'm not mad. So, another three months go by. And Ebony, she kind of, she okay, she dressed appropriate. Now she ain't got a chi-chi's all hanging out. Ebony is on the road to becoming, like, you know, a halfway decent worker. She still got questions. But Ebony portrays the confidence, right? So, the boss comes up and says, yo, we starting a new position we got a new opening for higher up we new positions opening up and uh please people you know if you're interested in it please put your put your your letter of intent in right so ashley she like look i already know i don't even like i got it like i shouldn't even everybody looking at ashley like girl i know what you gonna do with your new office ashley like oh well you know i'm humble i might put up some uh left love life stickers on the wall put up a couple you know um What's the like Jesus saying? I'm I'm put a picture of a black Jesus because that's my Lord and Savior, the one without the shirt. He kind of got his hands tied a little bit, like he doing like a early two thousands photo shoot with the dreads and like the real Shamar Moore um 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 goatee. I mean, I mean that's what I. But you know, I, I'm not making plans like that. So 
the boss comes up two weeks later say and i like to uh please everyone give a big round of hand for our new regional director and everybody started clapping and ashley stands up from the desk they say ebony and ashley stop you know you're trying to get up and you decide you're gonna sit back down that mid like stop stop and get back down and Ebony, she poked her head up from the cuticle. She was like, oh, my God, I got it. Oh, Ebony kind of like Cardi B, you know. And so she's like, ow, you know. And Ashley, she, you know, she's confused. And as she go to her boss, like, well, why did Ebony get you? Like, well, we need some new blood interjection. And honestly, quite as kept, I don't want to lose you where you at because, like, you make me look good. You keep this department looking good. I can lose Ebony. But that's between me and you. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. All right? So, the next day, Ashley, she brings in cupcakes for the whole office because she wants to celebrate Ebony getting the uh, the promotion. It's like, oh, my God, girl, you got me a red velvet. You know, that's my favorite because Ebony, just because it got the word velvet, you know, she's a little basic. Ashley's like, yeah, girl, I'm going to eat that cupcake. That's all you. And, you know, Ebony gets sick. But because Ebony drink Hennessy, and smoke weed, you know, on the weekends, you know, she wasn't, she didn't die. She, you know, she was like, girl, my stomach was toe up all weekend, but I'm here to start my new job. And Ashley like, girl, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you, whatever. All right. So that's my take. So give me a couple of little ticks. Let me go back and let me read the actual article. Oh, let me. All right. Here we go. Okay. Now, this is what actually happened. A beautiful woman in the Congo has allegedly been killed hmm, through poisoning masterminded by her own friend after she was promoted at work. The heartbreaking story was shared by a social media user who revealed the deceased and her friend worked at the same company, but the latter became envious moment after her friend was promoted. From the report we sampled, the lady was the lady has been arrested and standing trial for murder, which she has vehemently denied. The other lady has since been buried. Photos have flooded the internet. Okay, well, that uh that was a bummer. And that would be the <laughs> And that'll be the end of the uh this episode of Bro Three Podcast. If you liked it. Thank you. I appreciate you for listening. And if you would, share it. If not, hey, you know, that's fine, too. I love y'all. Don't eat everybody's food. That was a bummer. All right. Love y'all, fam. Be safe. Love each other. Be sweet. Talk to you later. Bye.